Welcome back, listeners of The Street Level and The Supernatural. You are listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast dedicated to absolutely everything Moon Knight. I'm one of your hosts, Connor. And I'm your other host, Ray. Um, And tonight, we are going to look at a couple of issues. Marvel Spotlight, numbers 28 and 29. Enter the Conquer Lord. Uh, On top of that, we'll also have uh, just a bit of news about Moon Knight. So... Grab your issues, sit back, relax, and get your conchie on. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners, new and old. This is another cracking episode of Into the Night. We have plenty of news and two absolutely ridiculous classic Moon Knight issues. Um, I have been away the past week, uh, just celebrating, finishing, um, graduating high school. So, uh, I... Yeah, congratulations, Connor. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I haven't sadly been around to, um, watch more of the Justice League or watch any more episodes of The Punisher past episode three, but Ray, I believe you have finished both. How have you been and how have you find those respective series? Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, been well, been well. Um, yeah, nothing, nothing much has happened. Just catching up with friends and family, so that that's been pretty cool. Uh, and yeah, and I've finally caught up with um, the entire Punisher series and also JLA. Actually, I saw JLA on the Friday, and I went home after that, and I finished off the Punisher with the the last episode. Uh, so it was um, there was a lot of comic, uh, TV, and movie watching. It was it was really good. I um. If I first go on to the Punisher, um, that was a that was a cracking series. I thought, uh, unfortunately, no, um, well, no spoilers for anything. But let's just say for Moon Knight fans, um, there was a it was a bit light on <laughs> on Moon Knight. Uh, uh, there could have been a potential to have him in there, but uh, unfortunately, we didn't see any of that. Uh, overall, it was a, a really a really different and. Um, and a really enjoyable uh, TV series. It was uh, expected uh, to be quite violent and graphic, and, and it really did ramp up towards the end. Uh, and um, yeah, I didn't. Know, I wanted to talk about um, Connor about the because you read that article last week about um, you know which Marvel hero turns up in the Punisher show, right? Yeah. Remember we had that as a hot thing, uh, and I said, "Oh, look, I'll just wait and watch it." Um, do, you, do you reckon we'll be safe to, to talk about it now, or maybe not? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Uh, just yeah? probably okay, skip we'll, ahead. Um, oh, we'll, we'll timestamp it. Yeah, yeah, we'll timestamp it. So, um, yeah, so skip ahead um, if you want to avoid any spoilers. But, uh, yeah, Connor, uh, no no Marvel heroes there. Yeah, none. I, I, was, I was a little disappointed, only because I guess there was that that bit of information that was dropped early. So as much as I enjoyed the the TV show, the Netflix show, uh, there was a little bit of me expecting something, just waiting for something. And I felt that in the long run, it kind of detracted a little bit from the series because I was I was expecting mm. something and it, and it didn't happen. So that was a little disappointing. But um, look, overall, the series is, is, is great. Uh, and I... I actually rate it and now I'll be keen to to watch it again um, once I get you know um, 
internet <laughs> in our new place uh, rather than mobile data because it just chewed it all up. <laughs> um, uh, how many more episodes have you got to go? Uh, I will have the other nine. I only just finished episode oh, three. Oh, fantastic. I left, yeah, but... Um, yeah, I, I liked, oh, you've got a lot ahead of yeah, me. Yeah, I liked what I've seen and I've only heard um, good things about uh, not only how good it is but how much it sort of ramps up as well. So I'm very excited to get into it this week. And uh, does it uh, does it come up to the top or possibly top as your number one Netflix series? Ah, yeah, it's. I think it's definitely up there. I would I would rate it above uh, Luke Cage, um, only because you know we, we've said before as well. Luke Cage was actually quite quite good, uh, except it kind of um, faded out towards the end. So um, I'll put it above Luke Cage. I kind of like Iron Fist, although a lot of people don't. So um, let's just say probably same level of enjoyment. Iron Fist, so I don't know. I mean, that, that might be bad for others, but for me, I enjoyed it. I still like, I still prefer Daredevil and uh, and Je- Jessica Jones on top. Um, and uh, I did like the offend- de- Defenders, but um, oh, maybe maybe Punisher slightly above. Okay. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, I really I really liked it, but uh, yeah, Punisher it's just really different, and um, and Bernthal's uh, such a good. A good actor, uh, it really draws you in. So um, yeah, yeah, it was pretty cool, pretty cool. And uh, and JLA, um, I saw that on the Friday. Uh, look, not being a DC fan as well, um, I, I I guess I had uh, less of a vested interest in it. Um, I was definitely curious, and and I do love the characters. I do like them. Uh, and uh, I look, I thought it was I thought it was enjoyable. Um, it it's still is nowhere near like the best Marvel films. Like if you look at the top Marvel films, like I guess Homecoming and and Winter Soldier, uh, and for me, like you know Civil War as well, uh, it doesn't come close to that. Um, but it's still it's still an enjoyable film. I thought uh, for what for what it is. I mean, I was just listening to um, to also HeyFam um, today. Uh, one of the other podcasts there with uh, which features Levens, um, who was one of our guest narrators. And, um, yeah, they kind of pulled it apart a bit, uh, you know, talking about the, um, talking about, like, Whedon's humour, like, how some of it may have been ill-placed, uh, also a lot of, uh, Snyder's shortcomings, um, especially how he treated Cyborg, I guess, uh, and also, I think, um, the special effects, um, were a, a bit of a letdown, I thought, for such a big kind of film, but, um, but I, I enjoyed it a lot more than um, BVS, actually. But I'd still put Wonder Woman um, up at the top. Yeah, that was my favourite of DC's output, Wonder Woman. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, so those were the uh, those were, there was a lot of viewing there um, coming into this week. But but Connor, we have um, uh, we've got a couple of issues to to cover this episode. A couple of classics again. Um, but before that, we have some news. Yeah, it's been uh, an interesting week for Moon Knight news. A bit, a bit of, a bit of everything sprinkled over. So, to crack mm-hmm. onto the first bit, we actually got our um, monthly solicitations for February of 2018. Uh, we saw the, um, we saw the official solicitations of that uh, Doctor Strange Damnations event. We see that there's um, Donny Cates Doctor Strange with issue 386 will also be tying into that event. 
as a separate oh, issue yes, to the regular yep. monthly. Um, maybe Moon Knight will do the same. But for our issue of Moon Knight in um, February 2018 is Moon Knight 192, written by Max Bemis, art and cover by Jason Burrows, of course. Crazy Runs in the Family, Part 5. Sun King and Bushman lure Mark to a tropical isle with uh, irresistible bait. What madness awaits Moon Knight on this strange island? Will he even survive the vo- uh, voyage? Releases the 28th of February, 2018. So, yeah. a big departure from um, everything Very so big. far. Yeah, yeah, this is... um, and I guess the first thing to take from this is part five. So, we got, we're getting quite a, a long arc here. I mean... Of course, arcs can go any any length, but I I was assuming it would be a like a four parter or something. Um, so part five, um, I guess you'd assume that part six might be the um, the end of the arc as well. Um, what what do you think, Connor? I don't know because it it does it feels almost like a thematic listing more than any sort of arc because it just feels like yeah. what we've seen from these past five issues in terms of reading the first and the four others and solicitations it's really just jumped around like you know yeah. it's obviously we have our narrative and it's very much this um you know gauntlet as sort of the overarching thing of moon knight's enemies just coming hard and fast at him but i don't know i mm. mean who knows how long this could go for because you know this is honestly almost seems like it should be the start of a new arc because, you know, he's now mm. all of a sudden been led away from New York to a tropical isle. So, yeah. <laughs> How, how's that? That is a very, um, like, and the, um, it was actually the solicitation with, with again, a, like a preview page, which I'm assuming is, is uh, I guess it would be the cover. Yes, I think that's I the think, cover, actually. Um, and what a weird departure from New York City and the usual environment um, for Moon Knight, and we have him basically chained up or tied up uh, underwater, surrounded by uh, some sharks that are kind of, um, kind of looming closer to him. But this is really takes him out of his comfort zone, and I think it takes us as a reader out of his comfort zone. I mean, what the hell would um, Mark be doing on a tropical isle? You know, lured away by Sun King and, and Bushman. But, uh, you know, unless maybe Marlene is involved somehow to kind of get Mark to, to, to go over there, like maybe she's taken by Sun King or Bushman, who knows? But I found this a very interesting um, thing and it's something I would never have thought um, uh, Bemis would have uh, dropped Moon Knight in. Um, yeah, so any any thoughts, Connor, on what may happen here no absolutely none i mean part of me even goes is this real like <laughs> you know this, mm. uh, with moon knight and learning what this is who knows the the real reality of what's happening but i think um yeah it just seems such a strange part actually um i mean i trust i trust Beamer so much with the title so i like it's such a strange departure but i have no worries with it but it does uh definitely in no other way than sort of how it works does it remind me of the current Tom King's Batman, which is just this, mm-hmm. which um actually put really well by the Serious Issues crew, as you um heard them narrate Bare Bones last week. It's Tom King's current Batman run is like such, is a Batman love I absolutely adore. And it's really just sort of these absolutely crazy and just so almost like, 
Silver Age stories with an e- with with a modern edge that put all put all the Batman characters in such crazy situations to allow for to allow to tell specific stories and learn more about character growth. In a lot of ways, you know, there's there's something Tom King wants to do on the do with these characters that even exists outside of whatever crazy narrative it puts it in. And I think it's very much the same way, you know. This weird departure to a tropical isle may just unlock an entire new part of what Bemis wants to do with um, Moon Knight Psyche. Mm. Yeah, it's um, yeah, like I said, it's it's a very uh, out of left field sort of thing. And um, uh, oh. but you know, sorry. No, no, I'll let you finish. Oh yeah, that's just about to say yeah, it was, um, it's very left of field, but um, I'm sure we're still in in safe hands with um, with Bemis and Burroughs. I'm sure Bur- Burroughs' art is still going to thrive. No matter where Moon Knight is, <laughs> um, uh, I think he can draw, you know, he can draw the house down of, of anything. But um, yeah, what were you about to say, Connor? I was just, yeah, I was actually on that. It just, I think, uh, this is probably my favourite cover so far, actually. It's honestly just gorgeous. It's Moon Knight strapped in chains, thrown underwater with uh, four sharks coming around him and the way the water is illustrated and coloured yes. and the, the clear yeah. outlines of the sharks and Moon Knight just has such an ethereal look it's just it's just stunning honestly no other words for it it is it is good isn't it just looking at now staring at uh lopez's um colors uh it really does shine a light on moon knight's face and chest uh and then you get that sense of the um real kind of dark and murky waters uh yeah this this um yeah this should this should be a good one and we were always promised as well uh that Bemis's run will be kind of action-packed and f- and full of you know a, a physicality towards it. So uh, this cover certainly doesn't let us down in that gr- in that regards. Um, yeah, so um, pretty cool, pretty cool um, picture, and and I'm sure for many loonies will be a um, a wallpaper to uh, to some to some phones. I might chuck it on my iPad. I think Connor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Well, we have also. Look, I'm not going to dwell too much on on there. Are, I um in in sorry in our show notes as well. I, I put in a few articles uh, from Moon Knight, which um, is on our Moon Knight alert on Google. Uh, and one was um, you know after the Punisher, what should Marvel's next Netflix drama be? Uh, and look, we've been we've been over this, I guess, a few times, and and the same kind of um, culprits <laughs> turn up. Um, so obviously Moon Knight, which um, the the writer of the article uh, has, has said definitely, you know, without a doubt, should. Um, just pulling it up now, it's Adam Adam Fitch is mentioning that, but he also mentions um, very obvious ones, and I think the ones that we covered before, which were Heroes for Hire, um, Daughters of the Dragon, uh, She Hulk is still there. Um, a couple of good ones I, I'd love to see would be Blade and uh, and Hawkeye. I think that would be um, like a separate, um, a separate shows. I think that would be pretty cool as well. Um, and uh, am I missing anyone out? Let me just uh, try and scroll down. Let me. Uh, oh yeah, Ghost Rider as well. So yeah. all all the kind of usual usual suspects um, in this article. Uh, so again, speculation um, after after the um, the Punisher has been released. Uh, we also had another article here um, from none other than uh, Jeff Lemire, who everyone 
who's been listening to this podcast would know that he's a, a favourite of ours and, and has recently written a, a seminal Moon Knight run. Uh, he actually revealed um, and let drop in an interview that um, writing for Marvel, well, writing actually the uh, Extraordinary extraordinary X-Men run, uh, was a kind of a nightmare. Um, did you read this, Connor? Yeah, I did. I sure did. It was a... Uh... Yeah. Um scathing in a lot of ways but also sadly kind of what we've heard from other artists in the past mm. yep yeah and in contrast as well actually he does actually um praise i guess marvel with the freedom that he got with moon knight and and you can definitely see that with his run it's such a different um book to a lot of the books going uh being published at the time um, and he was certainly allowed to do what he wanted, a lot more scope. Uh, have you, you've read The Extraordinary X-Men, haven't you, Connor, as well? I did, yeah. Yeah, it was very, I found that very flat, and it actually put me off The X-Men, um, <laughs> the books. I, I, I didn't mind the artist. I think it was um, Humberto Ramos was doing most of it. Uh, and, you know, I like his art here and there, which is pretty cool, but uh, I was really disappointed in Lemire's writing in it, and... And for him to be kind of on the up and up with Moon Knight and uh, hearing his other independent titles were doing so well, uh, this kind of threw me off a bit because it was like, oh, I thought Lemire was meant to be a good writer. But in this article, Lemire, yeah, I guess he reveals that um, his hands were tied, so to speak. And it was uh, some editors uh, and some some other people from the House of Ideas that wanted to interfere with um, with the vision that they wanted to go towards for the Extraordinary X-Men. So... Yeah, bit bit of insight there. Um, Connor, how about the uh, next couple of articles that we have? Uh, yeah, um, so there was uh, an editorial piece, nothing particularly um, uh, concrete. It was just sort of uh, uh, comic book resources, CBR. I think that's the title. I've never actually known what the R stands for. But CBR um, <laughs> sort of asked and uh, discussed the question of will Disney's streaming service kill Netflix Marvel shows and sort of discussing the pros and cons of such a move by um, by Disney and sort of not in a way confirming but sort of saying that, you know, Disney would be absolutely crazy to do so and it doesn't seem like keeping... Uh, Marvel, uh, killing Marvel Netflix would really do the company any good. So, I mean, if you need mm. a little more reassurance and optimism about this deal going forward, it's definitely an article to read. It's it, it's um just a pretty good article as well. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's just such an uncertain time, and you know, there's a lot of worry and speculation going on about um the future of Netflix Marvel shows. Mm. Yeah, we mentioned, uh, I think, a couple of weeks ago that we'd, we'd keep a close eye on this because it is something that will affect a lot of fans, um, you know, with, with the worst-case scenario of something happening. Um, so it's still kind of in the um, uh, in the public eye, I guess, um, by having more articles of this out and, and people speculating whether what will happen. Um, but, yeah, we can just hope that, uh, hope that it bodes well. Actually... More so for if we are to ever get a, a Moon Knight series, let's hope that none of this kind of muddies the water um, with with comic book TV shows down the down the line. Um, yeah, so fingers crossed. Yes. Um. So and the next one was um, uh, just a sort of uh, little review um by the site uh was it. 
little record express, uh, just sort of covering yeah. all the new movies coming out with um, uh, ju- uh, discussing sort of Justice League and Thor Ragnarok. But it does make a nice mention to our boy Moon Knight. It does a little mention. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. That yeah, that's honestly yeah, about uh, it. Really, <laughs> um, it's it, yeah, fun the, little reviews the, the, too, but. Yeah, I was just looking at just doing a quick read there, um, but yeah, there, it was just it was just a <laughs> must, Google must yeah. have just picked up the the name Moon Knight and plonked that in. But uh, yeah, it was just a, a nice little review of the, the movies that, movies that had come out. Um, and uh, look, I'll, I'll just take the next one, which is another very um, <laughs> um, distantly related one to Moon Knight. Uh, this was fun though, uh, and and what what we've seen yes, with a totally. lot of the. Yeah, the defenders, um, defenders stuff is that uh, they really go into detail, like whether it be the newspapers or uh, you know, and they release it out on um, on the internet uh, as as a bit of extra, kind of not not, I guess not Easter eggs, but they're just it's just fun to see. So this one um, has actually a a viewing of the the menu that the defenders ordered at uh, at the Chinese restaurant, uh, the Royal Dragon. Um, so I'm just pulling it up now. Uh, yep. And, uh, yeah, so they got things, oh yeah, they got things that, um, range from appetizers to chef specials, um, to soups, but there are little nods and references to, um, to Marvel, um, characters and such. So, uh, for the chef special, you've got, um, Castle's chicken special, which, um, obviously (laughs) refers to Frank Castle. Uh, there's JJ's bourbon chicken, hold the chicken, which is um, a little uh, cheeky cheeky nod to uh, Jessica Jones. Um, uh, and what the article mentions, though, is uh, it's unfortunate, though, that um, there's no reference to Blade or Moon Knight. This would have been a perfect little little thing to do, and, and I'd agree that, you know, uh, it's such a detail that most people probably won't even bother to look at, but for those... You know the fans that really get into it, it would have been good to have a uh, I don't know a moon cake or something, you know, <laughs> just to to give a nod to it. Um, yeah, did you, did you see this, Connor? I, I um only once you put it in the show notes, but I absolutely love um this sort of stuff, and I think just generally the the feel and the Twitter accounts and just what happens on set and the stuff they release just shows how much fun they're willing to have on the Netflix yeah. set and keep, you know, active fans and people who really love those shows and follow every series just sort of drop nice little almost gifts for them. Yeah, yeah, it's just like a, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a, um, yeah, a little a bit of a wink to the fans um, and it's a nice touch, I think. So hopefully Netflix do more, but um, let's hope that they, you know, maybe add a, a little... Uh, a little Easter egg or something in there that will kind of get fans salivating even more than the um, Kung Pao chicken. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, yeah, so that was a little little fun article there. Uh, Connor, I'll let you take the next couple. Yes, uh, just to round us off, we have um, just uh, one site um, put up uh, a link for the pre-order, but we'll which we'll link in the description, but I'm sure there's plenty you can find. But the um, new Moon Knight pop figure, the one of the... Uh, sort of regular Moon Knight outfit with the hood and the cape is now available for pre-order. Um, yes. How uh, great is that? Yes. Um, I don't actually know uh, what... To, uh, the prices it seems to give uh, 
because it's an exclusive, it is uh, quite a bit higher. But as we've learnt from uh-huh. the previous um, Mr. Knight Funko Pop, it seems that uh, if you wait this one out a bit, I'm sure this will be a bit cheaper in your stores before you know it. So just keep your eye out, or if you're willing to fork out fork out the cash, get on board that exclusive, uh, wonderful-looking Moon Knight Pop. Oh, how good does it look? It's, it's got the... Uh, it's it's a classic one. So he's got the... Uh, his, his darkened face, of course, and the hood and the cape. Uh, and for anyone that, you know, because Funko have all those, uh, you know how they have so many versions of the characters because it's such a collector thing. So you, I always think of like Daredevil and you have his classical, oh, look, his, sorry, his classic costume, which is just the red. But then he's got all these other versions from Netflix and stuff. There's something, I don't know, for me, um, something quite attractive of just having the, the classic look. Uh, and I do look, I do love my Mr. Knight uh, Funko, but... Just to be able to have uh, to the collection the classic Moon Knight is just yeah, it's just fantastic. I'll be keeping a close eye on that one for sure. We will definitely keep you guys um, updated on uh, whether a cheaper or a non-exclusive one uh, pops up. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, and uh, for a final piece of news, uh, as we um, know, uh, what is it? Lego Mar- Lego Marvel Two dropped. Last week, yes. or the week before, I don't know. Yeah, but uh, with sad news, but uh, a great, a great little report by <laughs> um, a longtime fan and a uh, constant interactor, Austin Brackett, uh, writes in that Moon Knight's involvement, uh, involvement in Lego Marvel Two is basically just another unlockable. He writes, same attacks, same everything, and even though they fixed the glide animations for A-list characters, they left it wonky for him, almost completely untouched from the li- last game. Uh, he writes, so basically there's no involvement in the story either. Even in the Egypt, uh, Egypt's uh, major setting, just seems like they just haven't bothered yeah. to include it outside of an unlock and that you can mess around with. So that's really sad. Yeah. It's so disappointing. I mean, as, as Austin said, there was such potential there because they've got an actual, um, I don't know, level or whatever you call it, uh, set in Egypt. I mean, surely... If you look at the the canon of Marvel characters out there, surely you'd think of Moon Knight being somehow associated with, with you know Egypt and and you know whatever thing they have going on there with the mummies and stuff. So this is so disappointing to hear. Uh, and yeah, if if the um the controls and everything are completely the same as as the last Marvel Lego game, uh, that's kind of even more disappointing because I um. I've got the Marvel. Do you, have you played the Marvel Lego as well? Um, no, I haven't actually. I'm sadly. Sure you have. <laughs> oh, you haven't? Okay. Well, um, oh, you're you're a you're our uh, gaming contingent uh, <laughs> out of this duo. But look, I'll take it for this one. Um, the Marvel Lego Heroes. Um, I, I searched and searched for Moon Knight, and I got him. And you know, I was just I was just fantastic to have him. Uh, but there was really not much to him. I mean, he could throw crescent darts, and uh, I believe he had a bow as well, a staff, um, and I think that was that was it. I can't remember what else, other than your standard jump and punch and, and all that. So, um, I would have thought that this LEGO Marvel 2 would have improved on him. Uh, you know, you can even have him, even have different, even have Mr. Knight, you know. And different versions of him and have him doing something different but yeah disappointing news but uh we'd like to thank our um, fellow loony austin for for uh for giving us that so um yeah 
Yeah, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm even thinking back to the old West Coast Avengers run when he first made his appearance by helping a time-traveled Hawkeye in the past through Konshu. That yes, could have been fun. Perfect. And, I mean, they've done so much fun stuff, like the, was it, 1862 Sheriff Tony and Sheriff um, Steve. And it just seems like fun little nods, <laughs> and it just seems sort of sad yeah. and unloved that Moon Knight is so untouched. Well, I, I know you can't fit in everyone, but still, we hear a crying our little hearts out. Yeah, and and I guess it um it just goes to prove that he he's still a he's still a a, a little fish in a big pond I think in the Marvel universe uh, Moon Knight so uh you know hopefully he'll get there uh you know if he ever does get a, a TV show hopefully that will raise his status uh, and then you start seeing stuff like you know in animation and in in games that he actually gets a bit more attention paid to him but yeah unfortunately. Mm-hmm. That's uh, Dems de Breaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I, I th- that's uh, that's pretty much all for like the news articles this week. Uh, um, any any last uh, thoughts on on those, Connor? No, I think that'll uh, do us quite nicely. So, shall we crack mm-hmm. on to our issue reviews for this week? Yes, let's go over the moon. Um, so, uh, this week, we are following on from Moon Knight's first ever Marvel appearance, well, creation from uh, Werewolf by Night, uh, 32 and 33, um, and from such popular demand of seeing him Werewolf by Night, he eventually got his own sort of solo story in Marvel Spotlight issues 28 and 29, and joining us to narrate Bear Bo- uh, The Bare Bones... Not sure what's going mm-hmm. on there. Um, we <laughs> have the wonderful and longtime listener Wayne Hunt, lovingly dubbed here as Wayno. He is uh, one of the workers at King's Comics, uh, a local comic book shop in Sydney, and local comic book mm-hmm. shop from Ray. And he hosts the uh, Courtside Podcast, uh, which we will link below. It's a uh, weekly uh, basketball podcast. I assume NBA. Yes, I, I, I don't really know basketball. Yeah, it's all it's. Yeah, it's it's NBA and it's uh, it's it's all year round, uh, and they do a fantastic job. They recently uh, completed their three hundredth episode, uh, and uh, I had to listen to that, and it's uh, pretty bloody funny. So, um, any of you loonies out there um, that enjoy basketball, or even those that that don't, and just enjoy a good, entertaining podcast, really check out Courtside. I cannot stress it enough. It is a uh, it is a, a hoot, um, yeah, and uh, and if I can just say, just uh, leading into uh, Wayno's uh, bare bones, um, Looney's just just you know sit back and and savor what you're about to hear here. This is all put together by Wayne himself, um, so I have to tip our hats off to him, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, hope you can enjoy. Hello, Hello, fellow Moonies! This is Wayno from the Courtside Podcast. Today, I'm joining you in all the non-stop solo action of Marvel Spotlight, The Moon Knight, issue 28. Enter the Conquer Lord. Released in June 1976 with writer Doug Moage. I'm going to mess that one up. Artist Don Perlin, colours Irene Vartanoff, 
Letters of Watanabe and editor Marv Wolfman. Finally, an easy name. Let's get into it, Moonies. It's late in Manhattan, and as many New Yorkers retire to their beds for the night, a group of masked men attempt to break into an unmarked building. Unfortunately for them, they are being watched by a silver and black figure from the rooftops. It's Moon Knight, and he swoops down to dish out justice. It's seven men versus one, but the odds are stacked in Moon Knight's favor as he makes short work of the bumbling criminals. With the masked men subdued, Moon Knight escapes in his Mooncopter with his ally, Frenchie, at the helm, and leaves the unconscious men for the police to clean up. Frenchie notices that the building the men tried to break into was in fact the campaign headquarters for Charles Thurston, a new candidate for mayor, and he speculates whether there is something afoot, but Moon Knight disregards it. To him, it's just a coincidence in a massive city full of many important buildings. Elsewhere... We see Frenchie's concerns justified as indeed two shady figures discuss a conspiracy to frame the existing mayor. One of the men, a huge, bad, powerful figure with two large rats as pets, reveals that their plan involves breaking into Thurston's campaign office and pinning the burglaries on the current mayor. Unbeknownst to them that Moon Knight had already foiled their plans, the two men, one named Weasel and the other, Mr. Quinn, coincidentally profiled the vigilante Moon Knight after hearing word of his previous exploits in defeating the committee. Weasel cites Moon Knight's history, skills, apparent heightened powers and his various identities which until this point had not been known by anyone. It's revealed that they have a mole in Moon Knight's ranks and this has allowed them to learn more about our fearless hero. As this occurs, the police pick up seven men dispatched by Moon Knight and discover that they are in fact cops. The policemen are first confused, then wary of Moon Knight. Could Moon Knight be an enemy of the state? Were the cops undercover in their outfits as burglars? We, the readers, learn from Mr. Quinn, who now wants only to be known as Conquer Lord, that they are in fact corrupt cops, which he engaged for the burglaries and their devious plan. With the profiling of Moon Knight complete, and in classic villainous fashion, Conquer Lord opens a trapdoor for Weasel to plummet to his death. It's death by crocodiles for poor Weasel as Conquerlord crackles at his own evil. <laughs> Meanwhile, Moon Knight is fired upon by the police who think him a rogue for attacking their undercover cops. He is forced to flee from them. Confused at their actions, he needs to know the reason for this turn of events, so decides to investigate as Jack Lockley, his man on the streets cabbie persona. It's no better news for Conquerlord too, who discovers that his plan has failed and that his seven corrupt cops have been taken in. Angered, he dons his formidable costume as Conquerlord and takes actions into his own hands. Moon Knight, as Jake Lockley, discovers that Mr. Quinn, aka Conquerlord, is behind a conspiracy to oust the existing mayor and to implement mayor candidate Thurston as his own puppet to control the city. 
Friends on the street, Gina and Crawley, give Jake the information he needs, and Jake makes tracks to the mayor's estate to try and catch Conkalord. Spectre assumes he's wealthy persona Steve Grant alongside Marlene, and the two enter the mayor's estate, looking for signs of foul play. They need not wait long before more of Conkalord's men crash through, terrorizing the guests. Moon Knight is not fooled by their diversion and keeps his eye on the mayor, and in doing so, he tracks Conkalord nearby with a sniper rifle in hand. Just as Conkalord takes a shot, Moon Knight leaps and knocks Conkalord and his rifle, ruining his aim. They battle, and it looks as though Moon Knight has the upper hand, when unfortunately, Marlene finds herself in the clutches of the Conkalord. Moon Knight is hopeless to do anything, and as the Conkalord flees with Marlene under his arm, the issue ends with Moon Knight hearing cries from the estate. The mayor has indeed been shot. Well, Ray wasn't lying, for the record. I don't think any of you will find that he was lying. <laughs> Thank you, Wayne, yes. and we look forward to seeing you for the next issue in just a bit. Yeah, exactly. Um, he certainly set the scene with this first Bare Bones and to actually kick us off with this two-parter story arc, which um, features, uh, I guess, Wayne's favourite villain, the Conquer Lord. <laughs> Um, Connor, overall impressions? Uh, overall impressions, this certainly isn't the Moon Knight you all, uh, come to love. Um, it's actually kind of impressive, uh, so, following on from Werewolf by Night 33, this is a Doug Munch written sto- uh, story, of course, and he really just, he introduces mm-hmm. so many concepts in this one so fast that became, you know, such Moon Knight canon so quickly. It's, it's really, it's really cool, yeah. you know, his, uh, supporting cast is set up here, as we'll get into, but... For the issue itself, ridiculously stupid villain, um, and kind of a forgettable story. Uh, yep. it, it it probably it isn't one of the one of the best ones we've reviewed on the show. <laughs> no, no, look. Um, despite despite Wayne's uh, fantastic rendition of the bare bones, uh, yeah, this um, <laughs> this comic I thought was yeah bloody silly <laughs> um uh but you know having also said that i um i did i did chat with wayne as well and he actually cast some new light for me um for these sorts of these sorts of issues look it was in the mid 70s it is just gloriously camp and cheesy but um and it laid the foundation for you know um the likes of moon knight and the likes of you know other characters like batman to become dark and brooding you know so this this uh Oh, this is a fun romp, and looking back, it's it's very very cheesy and uh, and absurd, ridiculous, really. <laughs> but um, having looking at at a different way, uh, it was kind of fun, I guess. Yeah, there's definitely like almost sort of a in its cheesiness and seventiesness. There's plenty to laugh about. Yeah, it's uh oh gosh, I I had. I had visions of um, the 1960s Batman, kind of, you know, with Adam West and that sort of vibe. Um, And I know that that TV show, surely they were taking the piss out of themselves. Um, So I wonder if, you know, Doug Munch here is kind of taking the piss out of comics uh, in general. Because it's just, oh, we'll we'll get into the the aspects. Um, uh, Connor, we'll uh, uh, we'll start off with one of yours. Uh, Yeah, well... 
like I said, this issue really, um, despite the humor and the piss taking that we'll talk about, it really introduced so, so much that became, um, mm-hmm. Moon Knight cam- uh, canon, just to, just sort of to rattle off all the things that we've got here, um, you know, we see Moon Knight shown as a man of separate personalities, nothing, um, dissociative identity disorder or multiple personality disorder back then, it just seemed like personalities he adopted for the sake of it but we are uh, mm-hmm. showed uh but we were immediately introduced as his uh four main personalities a moon knight mark the mercenary soldier of fortune stephen grant the billionaire he's constantly as and lockley the cab driver all of their respective roles of getting information from the streets you know getting around town as stephen grant all set up here um we got marlene here as a uh, well long time lover here really uh gina mm-hmm. her yep. diner reference to her kids um, Crawley yep. is shown here as a contact for the streets. There's a butler Samuels and, oh yes. Um, and basically all of that, uh, really, um, stuck with us. The only thing that didn't in this issue as the final little bit here is it is blatantly mentioned that because of the wolf bite, that moon Knight gets his power, mm. gets more power, the closer it is to being a full moon, which disappeared. So yeah, it's kind of crazy yeah. how much is jam packed. Well, I mean, you can see by the yeah. text how they've done it, but it is kind of crazy how much is jam-packed for for one little hero there, in this issue. Yeah, there's a lot in there, and um, as you say, a lot of it has stuck, which is really cool as well. I feel Munch is, is kind of feeling his way through it as well. Um, he's, you know, with the stuff like Moon Knight's power, I think he's kind of testing the waters, and um, I guess it wouldn't be... Um, a far stretch to say as well that with the introduction of these other characters like like Marlene, Gina uh, and Crawley, uh, that he's actually testing, I reckon he's testing out them as well like to see whether they're, you know, they've got any merit or any worth to keep on as well. I mean, hindsight now, looking back, obviously they, they do because they're still around. But uh, yeah, in particular with his powers. Um, and so I think it was... Um, very much trying to keep in that werewolf kind of uh, mythos and so like have Moon Knight um, gain his powers from the werewolf uh, but then he must have gone oh hang on you know maybe I can do something uh, with the with the moon you know like the I guess the height the pull of the moon the gravity and all that um, bear in mind that we don't get any any mention of uh, of Conchu or any Egyptian mm. um um, history so that comes later on I think that in, in the volume 1 of the 1980 run of Moon Knight that's when Munch you know wipes clean the slate again and, and tries to uh, retcon Moon Knight but uh, yeah it's interesting here that we have him apparently bitten by bitten by Jack Russell in those issues 32 and 33 that we didn't see <laughs> must have been off uh, must have been off panel but um, bit him and uh, the saliva somehow kind of gave him augmented powers. So, yeah, very interesting. Um, we also have the the carry-on from um, the werewolf by night. We have uh, Frenchie again. He's still there, starting to look a bit more like Frenchie um, with, with the moustache mm. and uh, chewing on a matchstick <laughs> and his, uh, his little moon pilot hat, which he had in the in the werewolf by night as well. But we also still have the moon copter and, and the rope ladder, which... Has uh, carried on from Werewolf by Night, um, and of course um, Moon Knight's crescent darts and his uh, and his costume has changed very little still because it's still very early days. Mm. So, yeah, yeah, it's a good fleshing out of um, of Mark Spector. Um, yeah, I'd uh, 
my first aspect was basically what I was uh, about to rant on before we got into our aspects, and it's just uh, it is Conquer Lord. Let's just um, you know the the the, the elephant in the room. <laughs> um, let's just talk about Conquer Lord. He, oh, he's my gosh. He's he's got to be the worst villain, Connor. What do you reckon? Worst in in every aspect. Oh, just <laughs> wonderfully fucking terrible. <laughs> Gloriously camp, and and this is what I think I was mentioning about um, taking the piss out of I guess comics and tropes in general. A uh, Conquer Lord is the epitome of a of a, an evil villain, uh, like from having a lackey like Weasel, uh, you know, kind of like his right hand man to um, I don't know, like Doctor Evil having uh, having some pets, but he's he's got rats in this case. Uh, having a trap door with crocodiles. I mean, you can't get any more tropey than that. Uh, the one little detail I do like from him, actually, is that his eyebrows. He's got one black eyebrow and one white eyebrow. So if it wasn't enough that he dresses up in a... red, oh, Can we talk about the costume, Connor? Oh, what is it? <laughs> it's, a, it's a cross between, I think, Rey Mysterio, the wrestler's mask, and then you've got some sort of weirdo funkified masters of the universe garb some sort of oh i don't know some sort of psychotic he-man <laughs> thing um but he's got a, a a garish costume uh again which doesn't do him any favors uh he looks like a big fella as well but uh there's no discernible powers to him or anything like that um i found his i found his plan his evil plan which was essentially, as mentioned in the Bare Bones, uh, is to frame the mayor by actually hiring some goons to break into um, one of the candidates' campaign offices uh, and then blame it on the mayor. Uh, If you think about that, it's not really well thought through, Connor. I mean, like, how, you know, how is he going to tie this this burglary to, to the real mayor? It just seemed like a very hackneyed kind of plan. Um, so this guy's got all the worst traits straight off the bat. <laughs> um, yeah, what were your thoughts on Conquer Lord? I love Conquer Lord because w- the first mention <laughs> of Conquer Lord, he um so this uh this this weasel guy you know knows information he shouldn't, so Conquer Lord kills him, and he's just but before he kills him, he goes, "Don't refer to me as Mister whatever his name is." Uh, refer Mr. to me Quinn, as con- yeah. con- uh, Conquer Lord before pushing him into a pit of alligators. What <laughs> alligators? <laughs> but then he later, like after he like is so chuffed about killing him, he goes, "Hmm, Conquer Lord, yeah, what a yeah. lovely name!" Like he didn't even think of his name. He just said a name to call him, <laughs> and then assumed that is his identity. Yeah. He hasn't thought this through, and then just what you're called, Conquer Lord. And I'll get into it, this mm. a bit more in the next. Uh, in an aspect of the next issue. But his conquer plan is to be like underground dwellings by having a puppet mayor he can abuse. That isn't conquering. He isn't conquering the world, the universe. No. He's conquering New York and not very well because he's a dickhead. Idiot. <laughs> he's bad. Got, he's, got, he's, he's got delusions of grandeur um, and he's got very poor taste, like in all, in all aspects. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and... Um, 
it's hilarious. When you're saying that, I was looking at exactly that panel when he uh, he drops Weasel into the trap door, and then he just muses to himself with a with a rat just nibbling at his forehead. It's like, hmm, Conkerlord. It has a nice sound. Like this guy, he's, you know, I don't know. He's stuck in his youth or something. I don't know. The guy's a bit of a bit of a nutter. But uh, anyway, he was definitely a a massive highlight, I think, to this issue, and he actually brought a lot of brought a lot of campiness um, and cheesiness to, to this issue. So um, even even his mate Weasel, uh, it's funny. Again, if we talk about tropes, he looks like a weasel as well. You know, he's got he's got the turned up nose and he's got uh, he's got the buck teeth and the the the, um, the bum part down the hair. So uh, yeah, we're it looks like we're really kind of hamming up comics in general. We'll, we'll munches uh, anyway. Um, yeah, so with that, Connor, <laughs> with that little rant, oh, look, we've got another whole issue of Conquer Lord coming up next, so, so, um, you, how about your next aspect, just for this issue, 28? Oh, um, uh, yes, I want to talk about, um, Moon Knight and Mark and his personalities themselves. It's, um, really, sorry, that was weird. It's hot. <laughs> it's so hot in this room because it's, we've hitting summer oh. over here and I'm getting a cold. It sucks. But my oh, point no. is, is that Moon Knight seems to be the dominant personality in this book, and Mark and the other personalities almost seems like weird caricatures. Like Moon Knight oh. as a character is so, like when he's fighting, he's so smart. Everything he says is so deliberate. He's quippy, but as soon as he becomes the other personalities, is all babe and darling. You don't mm. know all the right mm. side of the law in this town. Hooting dandy. Here's my cab. Pour me another cup yeah. of coffee. Like, he's so weird. It's it almost seems like yeah. Moon Knight is who he really is, and he just sort of branched out to these other characters. When the previous issue, we know he got the Moon Knight persona later. It's weird. Mm. It's a it's a good it's a good point because yeah, by all means, I think Munch definitely um, focuses on Moon Knight. I think I think what's happened again. Obviously, there's been a bit of interest generated in Moon Knight, so um, that's you know gone along. The grapevine, and and Munch has been asked to write a Moon Knight tale, and and that's what fans want to see. They just want to see Moon Knight. Uh, and again, I think he's feeling his way um, with these characters. Like as you said before, it's only just been introduced that he has these separate personalities. So they're very distinct personalities. You know, in the fact that you know anything that you kind of do or create first off, you kind of have to refine. You know, as you go along, and and you can see that that that's what Munch has done. And so you see exactly right with, with Jake Lockley. He uh, he's your guy on the streets, but he isn't he. He's like to the to the nth degree. Your guy on the streets, and um, and Marlene says, "Oh, I'm not against Stephen," and he's like, "Ah, the name is Jake now, lady." And if you'll excuse me, I've got to catch the elevator up to the. So he just you know, uh, and and he becomes so annoying that she ends up chucking her her shoe at him, <laughs> and and he has a, he's like he's waving away, chewing his toothpick, going, "Catch you later, you nice shot," you know. Um, so I, I, yeah, I think I think Munch is definitely feeling his way through these characters and, and trying to get a better sense of it, trying to find out what works and what doesn't. Um, I feel he's he's onto a winner there with Jake Lockley because mm. it's such a smart move to have Stephen Grant, who is your um, your typical kind of billionaire millionaire, uh, and just to contrast that with um, with Jake Lockley is really good. Uh, you don't see much of. Do, um, just having a look here. You don't see much of Mark. Spectre, no, not right? really. It's it's more Stephen Grant and Jake. So, 
they're the obvious contrasts and it's pretty obvious that's what Munch concentrates on just to try and kind of see where he can go with it. Um, yeah, so man, no, nice, uh, nice pick up there, Connor. Um, look, my, uh, and kind of, well, talking about character studies and stuff, my last aspect and what I found interesting was, um, was Marlene as well. It's always good to see Marlene in these things. Uh, and, uh, she has a very different, um, different role to mm. what, yeah, what, what we as a, as Moon Knight fans are, are used to seeing from her. Like she is, um, as a character now and as she's been developed, she's quite, um, she's quite headstrong and she's quite capable of, of doing things herself. And many times as well, she has actually pulled Mark or Moon Knight out of harm's way and she's actually saved the day. You know, um, over on this issue, uh, she there's there's a sense of that as well mm. because towards the end, as um, as mentioned in the narration, uh, she kind of she kind of joins Stephen Grant to the mayor's estate to you know to suss out the area, try to find Conquer Lord, uh, and she she's not afraid to get into the action. Actually, you get you get a nice little three panels here of her um, taking on a masked uh, goon from Conquer Lord. So she, she shows she's got a bit of fighting prowess as well, but inevitably she kind of gets in the way. Uh, well, that's actually, it's not her fault. It's actually... Um, yeah, Moon Knight just throws it haphazardly. It seems like... Yeah, he throws Conquer Lord at her, which is a silly move, Mark. She should have known better. But yeah, that ends up um, giving Conquer Lord the opportunity to take Marlene hostage. Uh, and, and then she becomes more of the traditional damsel in distress. So um, Marlene's got a bit of a, a bit more of a, a role here, and I, I found it really good to see. Um, I've actually got in my notes. It's it's really Marlene's really different as well. She's um she's got a different surname, Connor, to what we all know her surname to be. Uh, she's um, referred to as Marlene Fontaine, and uh, she later becomes Marlene. Al Roan. Oh yeah. Unless of, unless of course she was married. Connor, do you think uh, Moon Knight is uh, having an affair with a mm. married woman? <gasps> we, don't, yeah. we don't know. But in any case, maybe she's taken her um, her mother's maiden name, or who knows. But uh, for some reason, I guess we'll never know unless we ask Mister Munch. Uh, she changed her surname from Fontaine to Al Roan. How would you pronounce that? Is it Al Al Rain or Al Roan? It's A L R A U N E. I have honestly no idea. Al Ron? Al Rain, but I've never heard it said. That's what I always thought. Yeah. So maybe Loonies, if uh, if you have an idea of how that surname should be pronounced, or if indeed your surname is Al Ron, Al Rain, uh, yeah, just drop us a line and we'll we'll correct ourselves. <laughs> uh, yeah. So uh, that was. Uh, that was uh, that was our four aspects there. Any uh, any little notes there, Connor? Um, yeah, a few. Well, firstly, I just checked the internet, and it's Al Run, Al Run, Al Run, Al Run, like as in run, run really fast. Yes, yeah, it seems okay. like it. Kind of a Al Run. You can tell you can tell with the accent the Al Run would be a bit different. It sounds like it's German. Okay, but uh, yeah, um. I don't actually know, but uh, yes, uh, my one of the points actually is the art. I think the art's pretty good, um, despite the fact you know in this time artists were really fighting the amount of expositiony textbooks. But I think um, 
Don Perlman, as we saw in the last issue, with some really great attention to backgrounds and character movements. Um, Mm -hmm. And that brings me to another point, that Moon Knight's fighting style in here is a lot of really sort of graceful dancing kicks and flips. He does a lot of flipping about and hooking his legs around and throwing them. It's... He's he's very he's very nimble and isn't agile, he? isn't he? He um he, I mean, he obviously wouldn't be as uh, agile as say Spider Man, who who has enhanced powers. But for a human, um, uh, of course he's got well, of course his his strength um is determined by the moon as well. So there, there is a bit of a uh, augmentation. But he yeah he's he's quite the um. I wonder if in the day, like in the seventies, it was kind of like an in thing. Like you know how they had the whole kung fu kind of era. Oh, definitely. Uh, I, I wonder if the fighting styles like that, like kicks, were kind of in. You know, because uh, maybe more traditional, you know, fisticuffs was uh, was seen as old fashioned. So he he may be reflecting the the new style of the time, much like you know these days we like parkour or something like that, which is um, quite acrobatic and quite you know visually stunning. Um, that's probably the same. Uh, yeah, Moonod's he's still got his same costume. He's still got his um, his weird cape. Uh, he's got his crescent darts. Um, yeah, uh, I just wanted to say, I wanted to jump down to... Um, I think there was an introduction also to Spectre's um, or Stephen Grant's... Uh, um, what is it? Underwater entrance to his bedroom. Oh, yeah, the nice <laughs> little dip. <laughs> That's it, it. Pops up later on from time, you know, time and oh, time yeah. again. So it's something that Munch wanted to <laughs> I think, keep. Uh, maybe he thought, you know, this, this is there's got to be a different, a different way that you, you know, you have a secret uh, entrance, uh, and so maybe he's kind of come up with that as as being quite. It's quite original. It is original to have a uh, a water feature in your bedroom. I must say. So <laughs> it's uh, certainly won't be followed if you splash into a. I think what he do, what does he do? He splashes into a pool in his in his estate, and then he somehow manages to end up in his bedroom. Um, yeah, how yeah. is his bedroom on the top floor? Because he must have like swum up a nice pipe or something to get there. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a a good point. Uh, maybe well, it has to be on the ground floor. Uh, I'd love to get a ha- um, my hands on the architectural plans here. Have a look at the building. Uh, yeah, but uh, we'll see how we go. Huh? Uh, and, uh, you know, the likes of Gina as well. She um, she gets mentioned. Oh, I wanted to talk about um, Crawley. Did you see Crawley in this, Connor? Oh, yeah. He, he, he looks really haggard. He looks <laughs> really bad, in really bad shape. I don't know what's going on there. Uh, he almost looks like the dad of Weasel. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, yeah. So you, you see, Crawley he hasn't got his tea bag yet, mm-hmm. which is um, I love that little touch with him in the tea bag. Um, he hasn't got that yet. Um, and I'm just reading quickly. Does he start speak? He doesn't necessarily start. Um, like he doesn't have that manner of, of speech to him that where we know of him. Of like you know how he's very kind of articulate. Um, it seems to be that he's talking quite normal here. So. Um, so again, yeah, Munch just kind of developing his characters as we go along. Um, anything else there, Connor? No, I think uh, I think that's it. Um, uh, so if we were to move on to the Crescent Art ratings, how about you kick us off mm-hmm. for once, Ray? Ah, uh, yeah. Um, look, okay, before I listen to, to Wayno's um, narration, <laughs> I would I would have to give this, uh, I'd have to say a two 
two crescent darts out of five um, because I don't know because it was so cheesy. But um, having having heard Wayner's uh, bare bones and uh, looking at looking at it through a different set of eyes in the fact that it is kind of yeah look it's a sign of the time and it was it was probably a necessity to get to where we are now. Um, I'd bump it up a little to oh, maybe 2.2 crescent darts then. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how, how about you? What what did you think of this one? Um, Yeah, I'd probably give it about the same two, two and a half crescent dart ratings. Um, I think I think the art stands up. There's some weird facial work by um, Perlman. There Perlman. is. Perlman. Yeah, Perlman. Perlman. Yeah. yeah. Um, that, you know, kind of didn't stick for the characters and probably as one of the easily like one of the most forgettable and just unknown, never making an appearance outside of this issue, Marvel villains. And you can yeah. tell as well, um, Munch is having some fun, as you said, taking the piss yeah. out as well, but it's kind of interesting, yeah. um, that, you know, plenty of the stuff did stick around, but as yeah. an issue, Oh, that's true. Um, yeah. yeah, look fairly forgettable, probably. Yeah. Two out of two out of five crescent darts. You could mm. pick this up if, you want to, but if you never do, look, <laughs> that's completely fine. Yeah, that's true. And and just going from what you say as well, yeah, I mean, I think I think I enjoyed it more, but for all the wrong reasons, totally. you know what I mean? Like, I enjoyed it because of the, the absolutely ridiculous costume of Conquer Lord, uh, and I enjoyed it because of how silly it was to drop someone into a, a trapdoor with <laughs> crocodiles, you know? But um, that's... Uh, and maybe that's it. Maybe like if you if you read a comic like and and you want to have a bit of fun like that, a bit of tongue in cheek, um, that's that's totally fine as well. But um, no, actually, you make a good point about um, this being an important issue because Munch does actually drop a lot of things that will become Moon Knight um, canon uh, later on. So that is, that is something to be, uh, I guess, grateful for. But uh, yeah. Um, let's leave it at that too. To two and a half crescent arts. Mm. <laughs> Um, yeah. All right. So we have um, we have the next uh, issue up for review, and it's no surprise we've got we've got to um, we've got to finish off this uh, this amazing story arc, Connor. We've oh. got to see what happens to <laughs> to Marlene and Conquer Lord. Uh, so if you enjoyed uh, Wayne's last narration, um, please sit back. Grab something nice and nice and warm, and hug it, and uh, and listen to this. It's that time again. What's up, fellow Moonies? It's Wayno from the Courtside Podcast, and when I'm not talking hoops, I'm listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. So sit back, relax, as we delve into Marvel Spotlight, issue 29, The Moon Knight, The Deadly Gambit of Conquer Lord. When we last saw our hero, Moon Knight was left in a tough situation, forced to let Conquer Lord flee with Marlene while simultaneously tending to the mayor who was shot with a stray bullet. Moon Knight leaps into the mayor's mansion and although bleeding, he looks to be in a stable condition. The mayor pleads to Moon Knight for justice and Moon Knight promises to take Conquer Lord down. 
not only for attacking the mayor, but for abducting Marlene. Moonlight calls for Frenchie through his radio cow and is whisked away, only just avoiding the attacks from police who still think he's a threat to the city. Moon Knight, now as Steve Grant, returns to Grant's estate on Long Island and prepares to hit the streets looking for clues to Conquerlord's whereabouts. He senses heavy breathing from the other side of his bedroom door and catches Merkins, the new valet, spying on him. Merkins reveals himself as Conquerlord's mole and tries to flee. In his panic, he lashes out at Grant and is surprised to see Grant knocked out cold. Merkins flees in one of the many cars, unaware Mark faked the fall as a ploy to shadow him back to Conquerlord's lair. Meanwhile, in the South Ferry District of Manhattan, Conquerlord has Marlene tied up and ready to be fed to the crocodiles. Villainous as ever, he punches the sandbag counterweight which holds Marlene above the trapdoor. As the sand escapes, she slowly drops closer to the waiting jaws of the hungry reptiles below. With the help of Frenchie, Grant, now Moon Knight, tracks Merkins back to the South Ferry warehouse and immediately springs into action. He is greeted by more of Conquerlord's goons. However, he relishes in the fight and has no trouble beating every single one of them. Merkins arrives to meet Conquerlord, but it is too soon discovered that he has unwillingly led Moon Knight to Conquerlord's lair. And it's not long before Moon Knight catches up on the scene. A twisted game is then played between the two as Conquerlord's rigged chessboard are booby-trapped with exploding squares and weaponized chess pieces. The only safe squares to walk on are those which follow the chess piece moves. In Moon Knight's case, a white knight. Mooney dodges explosives and all manner of weapons thrown at him and finally manages to meet Conquerlord face to face. The crazed villain evades Moon Knight once again and leaps into an escape ladder above, which shows a control room beyond. With all his strength and agility, Moon Knight is able to leap up through the escape hatch and simultaneously attack Conquerlord. Quick thinking by Moon Knight allows him to trick Conquerlord into leaping back towards the escape hatch, and in doing so, Moon Knight traps him in the hatch, leaving him to dangle perilously above the explosive chessboard below. Moon Knight then finds Marlene and frees her from the ropes just in the nick of time. With their adventure complete, Moonlight leaves his calling card, a crescent dart beside a bound Conquerlord, ready for arrest by the approaching police. As they drive away, news on the radio tells of the mayor recovering well in hospital, tying up that last loose end of an exciting caper. The only thing left is for some dinner, and with that, Mark suggests some fine dining at the Ritz as Steve Grant. Marlene thinks otherwise and humbly suggests a good old-fashioned burger at Gina's Diner. Right, oh, so Wayne's uh, Wayne's kept uh, the theme kind of going and I think he summed it up perfectly, Connor. I think he's summed up the feel for these two issues and this story... Uh, in in his telling of um, of the bare bones, um, what was your what was your reaction, I guess, or, or impression of part two? Um, it's kind of a hard issue to review, um, especially since 
one of my aspects will really cover what I thought of it. Um, yeah, just sort of uh, much of the same, you know, this doesn't take any big narrative jumps or improve the quality. It just kind of wraps up this incredibly stupid, f- fun <laughs> story in a, in a nice way, I suppose. Kind of a cute ending yeah. too, so yeah. You know, it's just sort of the same. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I guess the story of this ilk as well, um, you kind of know what will happen. You know, there's nothing really too at stake here. I mean, sure, Marlene's taken away, um, but, you know, Moon Knight, he, he's very capable, actually, in this issue and in the last issue. He's a very capable fighter. I mean, he takes on seven guys in the previous issue. He's fought a werewolf. And uh, and he storms um, storms the mayor's estate and and battles Conquer Lord and his minions with with ease. Um, so this guy knows exactly what he's doing. The only thing is to kind of, um, I guess, I guess wrap it up and and justify how to kind of, you know, go into the the uh, the final showdown, the one on one with Conquer Lord. Um, so. Uh, yeah, Connor. Do you want to? Um, do you mind if I take the first one? Oh, by all means. Um, yeah. My my uh, my first aspect in um here would be uh, it's a small one, but it was Merkins, um, the the valet who was introduced in the first issue, uh, and it's no surprise. But it's no surprise about to say that he's the mole. But actually, having said that, um, if I were you know, back in 1976, reading this for the first time, not knowing that, you know, Samuels and, and Gina and all the other characters are to be legacy characters, um, Merkins could easily have been a, a character that, you know, you'd think would be a regular. Mm. Um, but it just turns out, obviously, we know from hindsight that he's, you know, he's totally a one-off character. And he ends up being the mole and, and he, um, he listens in. Uh, on Mark Spector with a bit of heavy breathing, um, and then he um, panics and he he tries to take a swing at Mark and he does, uh, and Mark uses this actually to track Conquer Lord down. So uh, Merkins unknowingly has a has a um, bigger role in this story. Uh, one, he was the guy that actually gave the information to Weasel and to Conquer Lord about um, about Moon Knight, and. Uh, and the other is that, uh, yeah, he actually leads Moon Knight to Conquer Lord. Sorry, Connor, let me just... I'm just going to open the door. I think one of the cats are trying to get in. Oh, no. There he is. Okay. So, as long as you can be quiet. Uh, okay. We'll see. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, anyway. Um, yeah, Merkins. Uh, a, a short-lived character, um, but... Uh, uh, quite essential for this second part of the story. Yeah, he's definitely like the anti MVP here, the like LVP, yeah. least valued player. Pretty rubbish. <laughs> least valued. Um, yeah, yeah. It's kind. Of, it was kind of cool seeing um, uh, Moon Knight out with him like that when it came to just uh, following in the car and fanning being knocked out. That was actually pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah, that was a good way. It was a it was a nice little um a nice little touch actually. I thought it was pretty clever for um for Munch to do that. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, that was that was one of the first. Um, how about one of your aspects, Connor? Um, I'll um, just say uh, what I was sort of going to stay uh, say in my opening that I probably could have kept for the opening. But um, yeah, it's just sort of like the previous two issues of Werewolf by Night. We covered Munch's writing style, sort of the same. You know, he he built up kind of a nice uh, story yeah. and just let the 
the art take its course for a a, a a good fun final battle, which isn't like a complaint by any means, but just sort of interesting how he how he sort of sets this up and it it, do, it is it, it as a narrative it uh, does sort of set up um Perlin's art uh, nicely and sort of gives it more room to breathe without all the exposition and the the crushing text boxes. Yeah, yeah, it's uh. It's still got a bit of that traditional formula, doesn't it? Obviously, with the, the climax at the end, uh, having all the action in there. Um, you know, the first act being uh, kind of tracking, uh, kind of wrapping up who the mole was. Because, you know, in the first issue, you'd, you know, first issue of this arc, you'd want to know who the mole is. Um, so Merkins makes it pretty clear. Uh, what, yeah, what um, Munch does early on as well is... Um, Oh, this was this was another kind of this was one of my other aspects, but um, I'll say it now anyway. But because it ties in with Munch's narrative style, he ties things up rather well. Um, so um, by Moon Knight jumping in at the beginning of the issue and looking at the mare that has been shot, um, it kind of ties up that little thing about Moon Knight being the enemy of the state, or how the police were against him. Um, the mayor, and you know, the mayor's the top dog. And he says, oh, look, I believe you. You're, you're not a bad guy. Um, you're not the guy that shot me. You're, you know, you're after the bad guy. So um, you've got my, you know, you've got my word that um, that you're definitely not an enemy. Uh, so he kind of, he drops that in to kind of tie the loose ends. Um, and again, of course, you see that at the end as well. There was that last thing at the very end where, uh, where Mark Spector and Marlene are, um, are in their car to go home and they hear on the radio you know, just at that time, which is very fortuitous. Mm-hmm. Oh, the mayor's the mayor's okay. You know, uh, he will survive, and he's in a stable condition. Ah, we can all rest easy now. So yeah, so Munch is it's very traditional, um, and but he manages to tie everything up quite nicely. Yeah, and shout out to the one and only time in history where the law ever said it was okay, Moon Knight. We believe you. <laughs> the only favor <laughs> yeah. he ever got from the police was in this issue. Well, the mayor, the government body. About it really. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So, uh, uh, I'm pretty keen to, to talk about your, your other aspect here. Yes. Um, so, I think the real highlight of this issue is the incredible character growth and uh, development that Conquer Lord goes through. Um, I think, <laughs> I think just his, uh, I, I take back what I said about him trying to conquer the earth. I think he had a really great idea with building an underground fucking chessboard to battle <laughs> Moon Knight and specifically creating a nice white knight for yeah, Moon Knight yeah. to follow on the chessboard. I thought it was a thought it was a real strong narrative arc. I just think I think it worked uh, really yeah. well for the fight scenes. I think it worked really well narratively and just sort of giving this character a real sort of sense of, yeah. of fear and yeah. <laughs> he he's he's such a he's such a boob, isn't he? Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> like he's saying like in this chess game, like you're you're fighting someone, right, you know, that you don't like and, and is in your way. You know, oh fashion this you've got to you've got to do the moves that, you know, the chess moves do. You know, you have to do it and I've booby trapped everything, so you have to play this way. It's like, dude, you're he obviously didn't have a, a very good childhood. I, I would say possibly bullied. Um, but yeah, he, uh, he's he got a terrible way of... Uh, and I don't know, again, I don't know, Connor, what do you reckon? Munch, is he taking the piss again? Or, oh, totally. Or is this a, 
Yeah. Okay. I hope. So. I really hope so because, um, yeah, this is classic sixties Batman again. It's um, it's uh, it's a terrible thing. It has a lot of um. There's a lot of you know. There's a, there's a lot of excitement with it because, uh, he's got life size chess pieces, right? And uh, the chessboard is booby trapped, so you can only stand on the the squares that you're allowed to stand on. Um, but the life-size pieces also are armed with um, with flamethrowers and 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 uh, looks like guns and lasers and stuff. Uh, and Moon Knight proves quite adept at uh, at avoiding all of this. You know, he's 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 quite a skillful guy. Um, Conquer Lord has a has a big mace, a spiked mace with him. Um, yeah, so it is it is a bit thrilling, albeit. Um, absolutely ludicrous the the environment that they're in but yeah hey it all makes for a bit of fun and what what i enjoyed as well was um you know when all is said and done um there was a there was an escape hatch just above which uh which conquer lord you know just had to you know daintily daintily jump up onto <laughs> and and he's kind of free so it was a uh, yeah it was it was a bit of a crazy crazy thing here um, but yeah, but Moon Knight's prowess wins of the day and he jumps up and he kicks him and he, uh, manages, manages, and this is another one, Connor, he manages to somehow trick him into jumping, uh, at Moon Knight with that escape hatch right behind him. So again, Conquer Lord, not the sharpest tool in the shed. <laughs> like, honestly, like the, the chess battle actually gives way to some pretty, pretty cool art. Definitely like. Pearl and yep. standout. I love especially like there's a great shot of Moon Knight, weird axe in hand as like fire burns behind him, and it yeah, it, it just what like what is Conquer Lord? He's just this weird, ugly, eyebrowed man who became Conquer Lord and built a chessboard to fight in. Like where do you yeah. jump to creating a character like this? And I, it, I don't know. It's just been oh. What I just just nothing about this chessboard made sense about its existence. <laughs> yes. Like there's an episode of the original. Well, there's a couple of episodes of like the original Yu-Gi-Oh show with like the what is it like Dungeon Dice Monsters episode, and there's like specific references I'm making that no one's getting because I'm referencing Yu-Gi-Oh. But like that's, that's the strangeness right. of this all, like the weird Yu-Gi-Oh show, just yeah. for yeah. some reason it like just seems right out of place with this ridiculous chessboard. I don't know. Yeah. I loved it. I, I, I loved every I, I, second. It was it was just, just it was just ridiculous. Um I I just you know, I'm starting to think, you know, about Conquer Lord now quite seriously and, you know, what kind of made him the man he, he is, you know, that day at least. Um and it, it kind of it is a bit sad. It's kinda of like he's he's had these plans and these great plans to rule the world, but it almost seems like no one's listening. And no one really cares Aww. what he does, you know. And uh, he's finally got a bit of attention from uh, this new masked Avenger, Moon Knight. And he finally gets to use his chessboard, which has probably been collecting dust. <laughs> uh, he finally gets to live out his dream of, you know, battling on this board. But he is a bit of a bumbler and and he, he makes a meal of it in the end. Um, so, yeah, you know, a little bit of pity to, for, for Conquer Lord. Um It'd be interesting to see if he does ever, ever come back. Uh, I, I myself would like to see Conquer Lord come back, Connor. Maybe, you know, in one of Marvel's big crossover events. Um, that would be pretty cool. But, um, um, oh. yeah, that, that'd have to flesh him out a bit more. A bit more than a guy with rats and, and uh, 
at an inferiority complex. I, th I think <laughs> they'd have to give him a bit more than that. Um, but look, hey, also as well, um, Moon Knight and, um, and Wayne as well managed to post up on the Facebook group a classic Moon Knight panel here, Connor, um, when he saves Marlene from the crocodiles. Um, and, you know, did you, did you see this one? Connor? Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. Um, he basically says, uh, he's grabbing onto a rope and he goes, look, I know it must be getting pretty hairy down there, Marlene, but just try to keep your head on your shoulders for another second while I jerk on this rope. <laughs> so, um, again, does, does Munch know what he's writing? Is it a piss take? Probably. Um, but looking at now, it is pretty funny. And, and Wayne, yes, I would definitely have that as a t-shirt. Sign me up. Someone, someone get some printers out. Let's make some, let's make some copies of them. <laughs> um, yeah, so, uh, well, <laughs> I think the chessboard kind of was the main aspect of this whole thing. Yeah. I think that was a, that was a big thing. Um, but if we go to Crescent ratings, Connor, oh, sorry, any notes for you? Um, or? Not really, just still confused over Conquer Lord. I think, you know, in the latest <laughs> Tonking Batman run, which is Stella, mm -hmm. he did something quite amazing with Kite Man and made him such a fleshed out sad character after what you said about conquer lord oh. i think i think we yeah. really need bemis to just bring back conquer lord let's get this out hashtag oh. conquer lord 2k 18 bring him back baby let's begin this get on twitter oh. text yes tweet please bemis. Do. we're doing this boys conquer lord yes 2K18. please well, yes please let's do it loonies please 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 let's tweet it out to bemis and let's Let's go straight to the source, and hopefully he can do something and bring Conkerlord back. <laughs> because I would like to see a modernised version of Conkerlord. I don't know what that would be, but uh, I would love to see him. I don't know <laughs> to do some do something. But yeah, what a, what a strange character. Um, yeah, no no other um, notes I can see here. I'm just kind of flicking quickly through again. Again, um, Looney, is this? Um, these issues are available on Marvel Unlimited um, and also on the Epic Collection uh, and also the Essential Collection, which is in black and white. But um, as Connor mentioned earlier, Perlin's art is great and I think it's best seen in colour. So, uh, yeah, try to find a coloured version for that. Uh, yeah, and with that, with that, Connor, um, Crescent Art Ratings, what did you, what did you um, think of this... Fantastic issue, issue twenty nine. I think a definite ten out of five Crescent Art ratings. Oh wow, mm. that's that's a turn that's a turnaround yeah, from the. <laughs> that was fantastic. Oh okay, that that kind of sprung me. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, it, it is hard to. Um, yeah, there are two ways to look at it, and and looking at it with firm tongue in cheek, uh, you can actually rate this this quite high. <laughs> uh, but look, I'm I'm going to be consistent because um, I'm a boring sod. Um, so look, I gave it like what two, two and a bit for the first one. I I did enjoy this more because of the chess scene, uh, and I, I can't believe I'm saying this ever, but the chess scene was the most exciting thing I've ever seen <laughs> uh, in in the in the comic book. Um, so it was it was quite fun, and it was it was good because it actually you got answers as well and it wrapped things up and I like that I like that 
that sense of closure. And and with these sorts of stories, Munch does it very well. So he leaves nothing up in the air. Uh, everything's tied up. So um, I would give it uh, 2.4 Crescent Darts. But, you know, with Connor's uh, 10... That would uh, that would give an average of about six out of five present dots. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that's honestly <laughs> what I'd give it. Probably like a, a, a three, three yeah. out of three out of five, probably. Oh, I'm looking looking over here, Connor, as well. Actually, there's one really cool panel of you see Moon Knight standing in the doorway, and uh, Perlin does a really cool job. Oh, I should try and remember this and post it in the notes. But uh, it's just black and white of Moon Knight, kind of half in the shadows, and just, you just see the white bits of him, um, like of his of his um, of his boots and his gloves and his face. It's, it's actually pretty cool. So uh, yeah, all right. So about three, three. Did you say Connor? Yep, three out of five. That's like a six out of ten, probably. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that's pretty cool. Well, there you go, loonies. Um, I hope you stuck around for. For issues 28 and 29, if not only for the fact of listening to Wayne's uh, renditions of uh, his The Bare Bones for 28 and 29. So I'd like to thank again Wayne, Wayne O from Courtside. Um, Brilliant, brilliant retelling. So really appreciate it. Um, Okay, well, uh, we're heading, Connor, into the next phase for next week. And what do we have in store? What do we have in store? Well, we are taking a break for, with our chronology to dive into the next exciting issue releasing probably the day after this will be going up. Um, mm-hmm. Issue 189 of, uh, of Moon Knight, the second issue of the Bemis and Burroughs run, Crazy Runs in the Family Part 2, where we finally get to see not only the truth, but actually Bemis' take on Mark Spector. Holy crap, it's like the first issue all over again. I cannot wait. We should have yeah. Rebecca with us. It will be an absolute yes. delight. Yeah, I can't I can't believe we haven't um not that I really care because we're just around the corner, but I can't believe we weren't um uh gifted with a couple of other preview pages for this, True, this issue. Yeah. Uh, yeah, um they are obviously I guess the the first issue is the, is the grandest and the biggest, so maybe that's why we were we were given so many pages, but I think we're only given um just the one for this. On oh, two, two, sorry. So we were given the, the cover with uh, Moon Knight um, standing in the foreground with the bloodied knuckles and uh, some hands from behind him reaching out toward him, uh, which is a cover. And the, the only other preview page we got was what we discussed um, a couple of episodes ago with, um, yeah, with just um, Stephen Grant walking out of a, a hotel and, and into a into a limousine. So yeah, looking very much forward to it, and uh, yeah, we'll we'll get onto it straight away. I can't believe a couple of days. Uh, we also have um, we thought since we're doing just the one issue next uh, next episode, because uh, we're we're going to try and keep the the latest run uh, kind of special and and apart from the other reviews. Uh, we'll have a a Bushman spotlight, Connor, which um, should be pretty cool to do. We did a uh, stained glass Scarlet spotlight before. Uh, and a Morpheus one, so yeah, Bushman, one of the one of the big guns against Moon Knight. That will be interesting to to um to read. Uh, and uh, that actually, Connor, we we've had some massive help from um one of our loonies again, Indeed. um Tommy Cavill. Uh, he 
uh, he has done. He's our man on the streets. He's our uh, he's our own uh, Ben Urick. He um, <laughs> so he's done some research for Bushman. So we can't wait to get into Bushman's bio there. Uh, and of course, we'll have a guest narrator for our um, review of 189. And um, yeah, that will be special too. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Uh, also, Connor, we have um, we'll have a um, a Funko Pop review. Yeah. yeah, one of our first our first review of uh, one of Moon Knight's figures, which will be pretty cool. Uh, we've all got um, the high priests. We all have uh, we all have our Funko Pops. So uh, I don't know. I don't know what that will entail, but it will be um, it will be interesting to to look at. I cannot wait. I am picking mine up tomorrow as of recording this, so I will have them fresh in my hot little hands for the review. It'll be great. Can't wait. They better glow yeah, in the dark, or I'll light them on fire. <laughs> wait. I'll, I'll be interested. I'll interested to know which one you get, Connor. Did you just get one glow in the dark or two? No, I only got the one. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't no, even realize at the time of ordering that there was a blue and blue and green. Yeah, blue and a green. Yeah, oh, I'll be interested. I think. Um, I think Rebecca said she's got the blue. I think I've got the Ooh. green. I haven't really tested it. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll see what you you which one you get. Um, also for our spectacle, uh, as mentioned, I'd just like to shout out a massive thank you for uh, to Tommy Cavill for. For doing some some research for us, he's a uh, yep, he's a one of our other aspects um, to this pos- podcast. So that's pretty cool. And again, I wanted to shout out to uh, to Wayne uh, Wayno from Courtside Podcast. Thank you so much again for your time and putting in such a such an effort for um, putting in the special effects and the the music to your bare bones. It was a bloody hoot, and I was. I was laughing all the way um, to work in my car when I first <laughs> listened to it. So, so thank you so much again, Wayne. And uh, yeah, loonies, please do please check out Podside Cod's there. <laughs> please check out Courtside Podcast. Um, it's it's any everything to do with basketball. Um, and again, even if you don't like basketball, it's uh, it's a really entertaining uh, listen. So um, yeah, so uh, yeah, we. Um, that's about it for this episode, Connor. Are you uh, um, are you looking forward to anything else besides actually besides um the Moon Knight on the Wednesday? Um, uh, any other issues like comic comic books that cool. you're gonna pick up? Uh, I will be picking up plenty next week. Next week's actually kind of the kind of a big week. Um, let me just yeah. just, just pull it up. Pull it, pull it, pull it. Um, oh, you mean you mean you mean this coming up? Uh, new comic book day? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, my thing is being weird. I was going to say, uh, look, there is plenty, um, it's kind of the fifth week, there's some fun annuals happening over at DC, we got, uh, Yeah, that looks pretty cool. Yeah. I might have to check, th- I might have to check that out. Yeah. Um, what about you, Ray? You picking up anything while I try to... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm pulling up my list now. Oh yeah, Dark Hawk is coming out oh, at the one shot yeah. from Marvel, Marvel That's Legacy. Very exciting. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to expect, but it's going to be fun because Darkhawk was a very nineties, um, very nineties <laughs> character. Um, there's also Eternity Two from Valiant that's oh, coming yes. out. That should be pretty cool. Um, I was, I, I enjoyed Eternity One. Let, let's just say I enjoyed uh, Ninja K and Bloodshot a lot more than mm. Eternity. Actually, um, I found it very nice visually. It was great, um, but uh, I found it hard to really lock into and and kind of. 
uh, empathise with the characters yet. You know, it's only one issue, so um, we'll see how we go. Uh, War Mother, the last issue of War Mother is also coming out as well. So, again, a Valiant title, um, very cool. Um, just trying to, I'm trying to think of who, who's writing that. Is that uh, pretty, Van Lente? Uh, Van Lente, yep, Van Lente. Yeah, it's a pretty solid story. Um, and should make for a nice little trade for those that haven't been following the singles. It's only four four parts. Uh, and of course, yeah, and of course, Moon Knight. I'll be um, yep. I'll be picking up. Uh, so. Yeah. Kill or Be Killed next week. That's another fantastic Ooh. image series that is absolutely mental, like Moon Knight mental. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Secret Warriors. i got to get back into that. I'm actually a bit behind on that. Final issue to uh, Hi-Fi Fight Club, now called Heavy Vinyl, a fun little almost young adult queer music comic about fighting up baddies in record stores. It's great, but yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure. Oh, nice one. Yeah. And uh, if you are not, definitely jump over to the face, uh, our Facebook group, uh, facebook.com slash groups slash, uh, what are we? We are, we Moon Knight? Uh, into, into the, yeah, into the uh, group? Into, into, into the night. Uh, where yeah. we will be talking up a storm as we did uh, last time about the new Moon Knight issue. I will put up a spoiler thread uh, of the Wednesday and just pop them in if you want us to read your thoughts or your discoveries that we won't pick up on the show by all means drop them in we cannot wait it's just yeah. a great time i've actually yeah i actually noticed in the in the groups as well recently a lot of the loonies are putting up some memes um i think it's bloody hilarious so, so keep it going loonies it's uh it's always fun to see um and it's it's great to have that interaction with uh, fellow Moon Knight fans, so uh, I'm assuming we're all we're all loving it. Um, I, I I know I am. Uh, yeah, uh, check out our website as well, Into the Night uh, Podcast. Wordpress. Com, uh, and that will actually take you to a whole lot of our um, our links out onto the cyber web interweb space. Uh, um, yeah, uh, I think well, I finally got us onto iHeartRadio, Connor. What? So um, yeah, so that's pretty cool. Uh, I'm not sure if we're actually on yet because I said it can take up to two weeks, but um, I've put our submission in and uh, we should be up there uh, for any of you loony listeners that do use iHeartRadio, so that'd be pretty cool. Um, as well as Instagram, Tumblr, YouTube, uh, you name it. Uh, we're all there as um, and all good podcast catches. So, uh, yeah, so we're slowly um, slowly growing again. Um, and uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a good one. This has been a a very different and a very cool uh, episode for review, Connor. Um, but uh, looking forward to to hitting hitting the uh, the modern uh, the modern Bemis and Burroughs issue next week. Yes, I uh, yep, yeah, that just about covers it actually. Um, and yes, thank you once again to uh, as you'll see next week, Tommy for all the incredible research. He will be sh- yes showing. And I don't know. There's a good saying that I can't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, yeah. Tommy will be will be will be revealing Tommy's uh, hard research as well, uh, hard worked uh, research. But we'll, we also may be hearing from Tommy. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, without with loonies, uh, yeah, just take care, please. And uh, as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. See ya. Moon Knight and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. 
Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.